Limerick Today now on 46 95. So I was just asking at the start of the show there about the commute and how much time do you reckon is being saved not having to commute to work every day? Although I am noticing, I have to say, I did this morning, for example, that we are back to close to the levels I would have expected uh, coming into uh, the office at this uh, time under normal circumstances um, this morning. Um, But uh, overall, I'm being told it's still lower uh, than you might expect. Still a lot of people, it seems, working either part-time or full-time from home because of uh, COVID recommendations and restrictions. So our own Denise Creamer here at Live95, she's a, our advertising traffic manager, so she makes sure that those ads that you hear in the ad breaks all happen when they're supposed to happen. Important job, I can tell you. <laughs> and Dr. Jennifer McMahon is psychology of education lecturer at the University of Limerick, and uh, she is with us uh, as well. Um, good morning to you. Well, Denise, I mean, you've experienced this, obviously, because of uh, our own requirements and restrictions here at Live 95. Um, Has working from home been a joy or a hindrance? Hi, Joe. And God, where do I start? There's definitely, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, baptism of fire at the start. But I have to say, not having to travel is definitely one of the huge benefits of working from home. So I'm loving that, definitely, yeah. Yeah, and, and the structure of your day now, you know, in the new COVID world, Denise? It, oh, no, it's totally different now. I have to factor in that um, I have a little one at home. So, you know, she comes very much into the part of the day because our crash clothes. So, you know, it's definitely spinning plates a lot. But in saying that, I would have had, have had a very scheduled kind of scheduled kind of day. So I kind of still have stuck with that as much as I can. But it's totally different in many ways, totally different, you know. But it, but it's very different, but I there are definitely still more benefits, I feel, you know. Yeah, so you've experienced something that, you know, it's a bit of a nightmare, to be honest, for uh, people with young kids. Your yeah. crash actually closed and, and hasn't did, reopened. Yeah. yeah, no, it hasn't. And it's kind of left us in limbo, really. We're waiting on a childcare place. God, I know we're not the only family in that situation, you know, but definitely feel abandoned because I think, you know, the people who were working from home were forgotten about to a certain extent, you know. But um, look, I'm hoping it'll come good soon. But yeah, so spinning pace here, big time. Yeah. You know? So when you hear the government saying, oh, our major priority is keep the colleges open, keep the schools open and obviously keep childcare and creches open, you totally get that. I do, but I I definitely do, yeah. But it's because the creches are are still operating at max, you know. In theory, I am probably waiting for somebody to lose their job to get a position in the creche, which kind of is a double-edged sword, really. It's kind of sad in a way, you know. Yeah, it is. You know, it is. And, uh, you know, the market is totally fallen. There's no availability, you know. you're kind of winging it um, week by week, you know, and her name is down in two places. I'm waiting to get a call from either, you know, Um, but, you know, it's definitely, you know, the most bizarre circumstances we've been in, you know. And when you're chatting to pals, you're not necessarily people working here now at Live 95 as you do, but generally speaking, are most of them back in the office a bit, back in the office completely or totally working from home? They're doing a little bit, um, you know, some people are doing a day in the office a week. Um, a lot of them are working from home because even though they have um, childcare, they don't have full childcare. They've had to rely on family and friends to kind of help out there, you know. So that definitely isn't a structure that they can rely on or is a long-term kind of thing either. 
So they're kind of juggling it, really. They're kind of balancing it out with um, kind of on busy days, they're getting a friend to maybe pop over and help them out in that way, you know. But some have returned to work for um, a, a day or two a week, you know, with flexibility within those hours as well, you know. But still a lot working from home, yeah. Yeah, right. we're chatting to our own colleague here at Life 95, Denise Creamer, and Dr. Jennifer McMahon is Psychology of Education lecturer at the University of Limerick. Hi, Jennifer. Um, Morning. So this has really yanked people around uh, so viciously over the last six months. And maybe now in September, they're trying to get into, I don't know, some sort of routine. Mm-hmm. I, absolutely, Joe. I think people have gone from one end of the spectrum to the other, from having to commute long distances to maybe working completely at home and having zero commute. So lots of changes for people and having to adapt very quickly back to maybe going back to work and back to the commute as well. Yeah. And what's your sense uh, of where the balance may lie here in the medium term? Well, it's interesting because the ESRI report came out there on Friday that the commute times have um, have uh, been linked back now to the urban areas and how much rents are increasing and people are spreading out into into the far regions from the city centre. And so, you know, that's going to have a knock-on effect on people's well-being. But I think COVID now is going to provide an opportunity for people who are living far away from their workplace to actually uh, reduce those commutes from maybe two days a week, three days a week, and so on. And that's going to have a positive effect on people's general satisfaction and well-being because we know that long commutes um, negatively affect people's kind of sense of well-being. One of the things that people generally enjoy about uh, a work environment is that there's social interaction as part um, uh, of that, you know, even just on a day-to-day uh, basis, uh, a chat at break times or whatever it might be. Do you think it is important that that option is still there? Well, I think you're one of your um, listeners there, Helen, that you, you, you listed out her quote there beforehand, Joe. I, I, I think she has hit the nail on the head a balance would be really beneficial to, to many people in the work environment. So having the option of going to work a couple of days a week to have the interaction with their colleagues, it's really important that we have that connection to our workplace. It increases our sense of value in, to our employers. It increases our sense of satisfaction with the workplace. Um, but then having the option of staying at home maybe uh, one or two days a week so that we can reduce our commute time, uh, spend more time doing the things that we like to do, which, you know, leisure activities, going to the gym, spending time with our children and so on. That's probably going to increase our overall well-being um, to a greater degree than either option full term. Mm. Um... I think the whole, um, sorry, I didn't drop, but you know the way uh, the whole, obviously the video call has now taken over the meeting world. I, I think if you're open to doing that, in work and if you're you know it's not an aversion and you're kind of kind of more comfortable doing it I think that that helps the social elements like I know inside in our place where we video call all the time um, you know and we may we might have a little bit of banter or whatever to do it off banter on those you know so there you know so I think if you're if you'll take the plunge and kind of go oh look instead of emailing I'll make I'll do a video call or whatever do you know and I, I, I do think that has helped you know definitely yeah, but I, th- I think that's been definitely helped by COVID because people have become so adept now at doing Zoom calls and online calls. Uh, so people's technology expertise has, has has gone way up since before COVID. So that's definitely a much better option for people nowadays. And I think you're going to see a lot of the bigger companies utilising that and reducing the amount of space that they're renting and so on so that they can optimise the, the benefits of people being able to use the technology for meeting up and, and virtually and so on. But I don't think it's a full-time replacement for engaging with your colleagues in the office. And I think that's where the balance needs to be struck. You need to find the right balance for your, for your employees. 
Yeah. Uh, Tess is saying to us on WhatsApp 0861239595, working from home is a joy. Um, we're chatting to our own Denise and Dr. Jennifer McMahon is psychology of education lecturer at the University of uh, Limerick. Now, I mean, I, I have a bit of experience of doing a bit of both, mainly in the office um, and uh, at home as well. For me, just personally, I found the office easier because I found it easier to, mm-hmm. to focus. Um, at home, you know, I might look over and go, oh, the dishwasher needs to be sorted out. No laughing there, Denise. Um, that, <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> you know we're bugging you, Joe, would be bugging me, you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. that sort of distraction. And Jennifer, what I'm wondering about is, you know, if someone's mentality is that home is a refuge from work mm-hmm. for them, the fact that they have to work at home and one bleeds into the other it it must be difficult for some people I think what you're going to see Joe is that people's life um, life um, experiences or their different life issues are going to impact on how well they view the the work at home piece or the having to commute to work piece like if you have childcare issues obviously that's going to be alleviated by staying at home if you have um, a bad commute, a really long commute, obviously that's more beneficial to work at home. So, But if you're like like myself, I'm like you, Joy, I live near to work. I enjoy going into the office. I don't have childcare issues. And I really miss going to the office because most of us in UL, we're not back to work um, on campus full time yet. Uh, many, of them, so A lot of people are, but most of the academic staff, we're still working at home and we'd only be on campus when the students are on campus uh, for a short periods of time during the week. And I really miss that. So... You know, I do think your your um, and, and research would bear this out that your life circumstances are going to affect the benefits that you draw down from either staying at home or being in work. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, I mean, I've, one thing I've always been jealous of lecturers and teachers about is you know the young vibe that, that, that they get yeah. in 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 the third level environment or in the secondary school environment, wherever you know, and young people Absolutely. keep coming through. You know, but you obviously you, you miss a fair bit of that now. Well, I think if you ask any teacher in, in the country, they'll tell you that they miss the face-to-face with students. They love the interaction with their students. And I, 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 for one, definitely, you know, will miss having the full-time interaction with students. You know, we're obviously working really hard to create great online experiences for students. And again, the students are the same as us. Some of them will thrive um, in the online space. They'll be delighted that they don't have to come down from wherever they're coming from for lots of lectures. But then other students will find it really hard to be motivated at home, will miss being on campus and miss that interaction with all their peers and with their lecturers and, and the other staff. Denise, I mean, do you think that the government is on to something with this plan apparently they're going to release tomorrow, this medium-term living with COVID plan where they'll give you, whether it's colour-coded or not, different levels. People will know based on the number of cases in their city and county whether they're going to be at level two next week or level one or level mm-hmm. four and that that might give people a, some sort of certainty across the winter. Yeah, I don't know. I think people have used the numbers to create their own alert system. If you get me, I think that people's levels, because, you know, when, when we locked down, the levels were one, were, were at whatever they were, you know, and they're kind of similar now. But yes, you know, we're not as panicked by those numbers as what we were. So I think people are kind of creating their own kind of, you know, is, should I be worried about that now? Or, you know, that doesn't seem too high. Or, you know, 12, 13, God, that's not too bad, you know. Whereas for, you know, I suppose it gets out of control so quickly. It's, it's not a bad thing, I suppose. We'll have to have something that we're all kind of on the same hymn sheet about. 
yeah. and kind of go, okay, yeah. it's green, it's orange, it's red, you know, so it's probably good in, good in a sense. And it keeps us all on the same page. Yeah, what do you think, Jennifer, about that? I mean, obviously it's what the government is hoping for, that it'll bring a bit of certainty to people tomorrow. Yeah, I think it'll bring clarity and people will keep an eye on it. But we have to remember that a lot of these things can cause anxiety also. Uh, people can start fixating on watching the numbers, watching what's happening in their area. Uh, I think what we've seen is that every time that there's a, a kind of a new change, it brings a pressure point. So like the children going back to school last week, people are a little bit on edge. What will that bring? So in that sense, I suppose as long as people utilise this carefully and they're not you know, uh, overly concerned about watching what's happening, that they're using it sensibly to keep an eye on things and, and just adapting their behaviour, but not not you know, getting anxious about the numbers going up and so on. Because it, you know, it, I think everybody knew the numbers were going to go up as we relaxed the restrictions. So it's important to kind of put it in a bit of perspective. Yeah. And finally, Jennifer, I mean, in terms of the rent point that you were uh, making, um, are you saying that the further out people rent, that it'll actually cause an increase in parts of the county, let's say, where rents were cheap up to now? Uh, what what we're saying, what the ESR report that came out said was that um, because, you know, rents are so high in the city that people are constantly being pushed out in, into, the, into the more rural areas or like there's an urban sprawl going on, and that that is having a negative, that's potentially having a negative effect on people in terms of the travel time that they're experiencing with the commute. And I suppose what we're, what I'm saying is that COVID has presented a new opportunity to reduce ah. commutes for a lot of people that live in those in cities yeah. where they don't have to travel every day um, long hours. Like in Ireland, prior to COVID, commute times were increasing um, year on year. So that was that was going to have a negative effect on on their general well being. So this is a we this is an opportunity to harness something really positive out of COVID. Okay, all right. Um, Go on, sorry, Denise. So no, um, I have a friend who was who was working in Dublin, and um, she's moved down to the west coast, um, and she's been there since the start of COVID. So she has no more commute in Dublin, yeah. and she ha- her quality of life is much better, and she's flying it and work and loving it and living life to the best and balancing both, you know. So, like, for, for her to move from Dublin down to the West Coast is saying it all, I think, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Well, listen, thank you both very much. Very interesting perspectives there from uh, both of you. Um, our own Denise Creamer, who is our advertising traffic manager here at Live 95, and Dr. Jennifer McMahon, who's psychology of education lecturer at the University of Limerick. What do you think? Uh, WhatsApp us 086-123-9595. Lots more to come. Call Limerick Today now on 461995.